Welcome to the Northbound Wealth Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as personalized recommendations or fiduciary advice. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for any investment, accounting, legal, and tax advice or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, everyone. Today is February 13th, 2024. Let's dive into the weekly market insights. The stock market experienced solid gains last week, concluding the trading week on a positive note. Thanks to robust corporate reports and favorable inflation news, this propelled the S&P 500 index to achieve a new record high at the end of the week. S&P tops 5,000. So at the start of the week's trading, stocks faced downward pressure due to comments by Fed Chair Powell over the weekend, signaling the Federal Reserve had no immediate plans to initiate interest rate cuts. Consequently, the yield on the two-year U.S. Treasury note, highly influenced by monetary policy, increased to its highest level in two months. By the end of the trading day on Monday, stocks had regained a significant portion of their previous losses. Influencing this market rally was positive corporate earnings reports. Uh, This trend continued throughout the week, contributing to the overall market momentum. By Friday, 67% of companies listed in the S&P 500 had released their Q4 results. An impressive 77% of those companies exceeded earnings expectations. Investors expressed enthusiasm on Friday after a report indicating that December's inflation was lower than initially anticipated. This positive news Uh, revitalized buying activity, resulting in the S&P 500 surpassing 5,000 for the first time. So let's uh, review the market indices. You got the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the MSCI EFA Index, which tracks overseas uh, stock markets. And then you've got uh, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. And then, of course, the 10-year Treasury note. So uh, what I like to do is kind of go over uh, where we're at uh, on the year-to-date return and the one-year trailing. So Dow Jones, Year-to-date is up 2.74%. The one-year trailing number is 17.24%. MSCI EFA index uh, year-to-date is down 0.41% or down 41 basis points. Uh, The one-year trailing return for it is 8.84%. The NASDAQ composite index year-to-date is up 6.58%. The one-year trailing on that is 36.77%. SP500, which is what we like to really track, 5.52% up on the year so far. And then uh, one year trailing number is 25.18%. And uh, it looks like for the rate of change uh, for the NASDAQ and the S&P, those are both in positive territory. And so uh, the 10-year treasury note, uh, which is an indicator of kind of the intermediate term bond market, if you will, uh, the 10-year treasury note closed at 4.17%. Uh, for the one-month change of that, it's up 3.73%. The three-month change is down 9.74%. And for the one-year change, that's up 13.62%. So you've had some uh, oscillations uh, up and down in the 10-year treasury note yield. And that has to do a lot with the Fed and expectations of interest rates. And the source of this data is Y charts uh, as of the end of February 10th, uh, 
2024. So thank you, Y Charts, for that uh, data. Excellent data. Good job. So economic strength, the strength of the U.S. economy has come into the spotlight. An analysis conducted by the Wall Street Journal recently proposed that the economy's resilience could be attributed to at least in part uh, to the productivity driven by the technology sector. What might reign in that productivity? One possible influence could be the increase in oil prices witnessed last week. Additionally, uh, shipping companies have been imposing surcharges for several months to mitigate recent conflict, and these charges may contribute to global inflation this year, potentially dampening investor enthusiasm. So this week, key economic data, Tuesday, Consumer Price Index, Wednesday, E. IA petroleum report, Thursday, industrial production, retail sales and jobless claims, and then Friday, housing starts, producer price index, and consumer sentiment. And as usual, uh, we'll be following the economic calendar and those releases throughout the years. Um, this week, notable companies reporting earnings. Monday, Arista Networks and Waste Management. Tuesday, the Coca-Cola Company, Shopify, Airbnb, and Moody's Corporation. Wednesday, Cisco Systems, Sony Corp., Kraft Heinz, Thursday, Applied Materials, and Deer and Company. So are you prepared for natural disaster? You never know, right? Uh, this is a, a tip for the week. Tax tip, natural disasters such as hurricanes, earthquakes, or fires can happen anytime. So preparing before the disaster strikes is essential. Here are a few tips to help you prepare in case anything happens. Um also including social unrest due to elections. Uh, update your family's emergency plans. Yeah, since when did you review those? It's probably been a while. Your emergency plans can include knowing where to go, where you keep all necessary documents and possessions, and what you need to be prepared for. Check up on emergency plans for your home or business frequently because things can change. Create digital copies of important documents like estate plans, for example. Most financial organizations, such as banks and insurance companies, provide digital copies of bank statements, tax returns, and insurance policies anyway. And keeping all these digital copies saved and organized is an excellent practice to get into. If you only have paper copies of important documents, scan them and save them securely to access them in an emergency. And, and by the way, these days, uh, a terabyte or two terabyte external hard drive is not that expensive. And it's definitely worth having maybe one of those uh, saved away somewhere uh, that's not all in the same place. So that way, if anything does happen, you can access them. Document valuables. So documenting valuables makes it easier to claim insurance and tax benefits after a natural disaster. A disaster Loss Workbook will help you compile a list of belongings and photographs that can make this process even more accessible for both the IRS and your insurance provider. These tax tips may help you uh, have everything you need ready in case of a natural disaster or other emergency naturally or human caused. This tax tip is for informational purposes only. It's not a replacement for real life advice. Consult your tax legal and accounting professionals for more specific information. This tip was adapted from irs.gov. All right, on to the next segment. We've got a lot for you. We're going to talk about the markets and we're going to talk about quite a bit on tax stuff, given that this is the middle of tax season, the middle of February. Thought I would provide some helpful uh, information for you guys there as you do your planning. All right, stay tuned. 
Now it's time for the technical analysis spotlight for uh, February 13th, 2024. The market's just opened and it looks like we have a, uh, I'm looking at my Bloomberg here and it looks like we've got a sell-off uh, in the mo- most major indices. Uh, the NASDAQ down uh, as of, it's like 9.34 right now, so four minutes past the open. The Russell's down about 3%. NASDAQ's down about 2 S&P's down 1.25%. And the Dow is down about 86 basis points or 085 0.86%. Uh, NVIDIA is down about 2%. Uh, ARM is about down uh, about 10.55%. It's very interesting to see where things are at. Oil and Brent crude is up. It's trading at around eighty-two fifty-eight, uh, and so uh, it looks like there's a. The reason why the market's down is because of it's a, a higher inflation print this morning. CPI came out and it was higher than expectations, so that means it's kind of holding in there, and uh, that may cause the Fed to push out their lowering of interest rates. Uh, or the rate cutting cycle that they they expected for this year. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, people, the street was expecting maybe by March having a rate cut of 25 basis points, but that may not happen. Uh, now that the uh, CPI report came in hotter than expected, so uh, stubborn inflation. Um, that's not going to bode well for the market. The market's not going to like that um, because it pushes out the rate cutting cycle, which is. Uh, kind of stimulative in many ways, uh, especially for housing. If interest rates go down, then housing will really benefit from that. A lot of people will uh, be waiting for that rate cycle uh, cutting to to kind of get in the middle of it or towards the end of it and, and, pri- and, and uh, the cost of mortgages to come down. So anyway, food for thought on this uh, technical analysis spotlight in the morning of February 13th, the middle of February, and it is tax season. So be ready for that. I'm going to go over quite a bit of tax stuff today in this podcast. We've got uh, a check on northbound wealth indicators. I've got about 16 to 17 indicators that I take a look at on a daily basis. And uh, and I'm just looking at the uh, the New York Stock Exchange uh, McKellen Summation Index Ratio Adjusted EOD Index. And I've got uh, multiple studies here, full stochastic sticks and uh, looking at price action and uh, over the daily and weekly charts. I've got it overlaid with the S&P 500 as well. So I can kind of see where that's at uh, relative to the NYSE. And um, seeing some weakening here over the last several weeks, starting uh, towards the very end of January, uh, early part of February, it's a weak spot. Uh, and and I'm seeing that in my third and fourth indicators, some weakening and uh, to be expected. I mean, we had a push to all-time highs just the other day. So um, it's it, internals inside the market are weakening. There's a lot of concentration for the Mag 7 or the Magnificent 7, a lot of crowding into that trade. I wouldn't be chasing it at this point. I'd be looking at maybe some other areas of the market to invest in and or looking at uh, treasuries because after all, treasuries are the three-month, six-month, nine-month, one-year are, are trading in the fours and fives. So why not just hang out in that until you see an opportunity of consolidation in the equity markets where there's an opportunity to deploy the capital out of cash into the market. So not giving specific investment advice. It's just looking at 
um, maybe how to trade it and what to think about as you uh, look at your asset allocation models. Um, and on that note, um, looking at asset allocation models, uh, at Northbound Wealth Management, we have about seven. Uh, capital preservation, uh, which capital preservation is about a 2% equity exposure, 98% fixed income. Conservative allocation, which is uh, 20% in equities, 80% in fixed income. Moderate conservative is 40% in equities, 60% in fixed income. Moderate or balanced approach is uh, fixed income around 40% and equity 60. So a 60-40 portfolio is a moderate uh, investment allocation. Moderate growth, uh, 75% in equities, 25% in fixed income. Growth, uh, which would be more aggressive, obviously, uh, that's a 90-10 strategy. And then um, a 98-2 strategy or 98% to 2% in fixed income uh, would be an aggressive growth portfolio. Or uh, I just don't think you you need to be all the time when it's essentially 100% equities. Uh, but I think you people ought to have dry powder on the sideline to deploy capital when markets do correct, especially in a bull market, uh, which we're in. So <clears throat> you kind of want to think about maybe buying the dips, uh, but that's not specific advice again <laughs> to you. This is just a conversation about uh, figuring out uh, when uh, there are opportunities. And it's obvious when the markets are down is when you should be buying um, not selling. Uh, when the markets are up, that's when you should be trimming and uh, holding some cash back as dry powder uh, in your war chest uh, to be able to deploy it when you see those opportunities. Okay. If you have questions about your asset allocation, give us a call 317-399-1107, 317-399-1107. All right. On to the next segment. This one's a little bit different. The Psychology of Love and Money. I put this out there on the blog, www.northboundwealth.com forward slash blog, or just click the link in the show notes for the podcast. Money can be a touchy subject, especially regarding our closest relationships. Whether we like it or not, finance plays an integral role in our partnerships, families, and friendships. So how can we foster healthy attitudes and productive conversations around this sensitive topic? In this blog or on this podcast, we want to explore money's psychological impact on our bonds with others. We unravel why finances stir up so many emotions in our connections, examine communication breakdowns and breakthroughs, and equip you with actionable tips to enhance financial harmony in your relationships. And what better time to dig into the psychology of relationships and money then in the month of Valentine's Day and love, today is February 13th, tomorrow's Valentine's Day on the 14th. In February, many couples may exchange gifts, splurge on dates or romantic trips, and bask in the joy of romance. But we should also evaluate our financial partnerships. Did we maintain open communication and alignment on priorities throughout the year? That might be a good question. Could we establish new habits or spending boundaries that foster closeness and stability? We should hope this blog or this podcast empowers you and your loved ones with the tools to build greater financial understanding beyond the season of candy hearts. Our goal is to help you reflect on your money mindset, 
when relating to loved ones so that you can pinpoint growth areas and make positive shifts. Because your financial behaviors, values, fears, and anxieties don't develop in a vacuum, relationship dynamics profoundly influence them. Let's discover how and why regarding the psychology uh, of love and money impacts your finances. According to 2021 survey by the Harris Poll on behalf of American Institute of Certified Public Accountants or the AICPA, 73% of married or cohabiting Americans say that they experience relationship tension due to financial decisions. We all think differently about money, but getting on the same page with your partner is critical to avoiding long-term and sometimes irreconcilable problems or differences. A psychological dimension of how we think and feel about money impacts our behavior. Some see money as a source of pride, comfort, or security, while others see it uh, feel a sense of guilt, stress, or shame around their finances. With, the, with these different perspectives and values, financial conflicts are often inevitable in our closest relationships. Several theories seek to explain the psychological impact money has on partnerships and families. Number one, learning theory implies that we adopt our attitudes and beliefs about money from our parents or social environments during our upbringing. If we observe dysfunctional behaviors, they subconsciously shape our habits. Number two, the evolutionary psychology perspective associates money with survival and security, which can lead to feelings of anxiety and stress when money is scarce. Financial hardships can quickly erode relationships by triggering our instinctual fight or flight response. Number three, social or economic exchange theory suggests that people use money as a form of reward or punishment in relationships, creating power imbalances and feelings of insecurity or inferiority. We all have preconceived notions and biases about money that we bring into our marriages and other relationships. Figuring out what causes stress can go a long way towards happiness. Five points of financial friction. While some of your feelings about money may be hardwired into your psyche, getting more in sync with your significant other is possible if you know where the friction points are. So you got to go to the source, right? Here are five financial issues that have the potential to derail even the best match. Number one, differences in financial goals. Couples often have different goals. One partner may want to buy a vacation property while the other dreams of extensive travel. Figuring out what timeline makes sense and agreeing on a strategy may help you work better as a team and develop a shared vision for your financial future. By consulting with a professional financial professional, you can collectively articulate what you want to pursue in the short and long term and map out a well-constructed strategy. Number two, limited communication about big money decisions. So when one partner makes all the financial decisions without input, it can make the other partner feel diminished. Agreeing on financial guardrails that trigger a discussion before purchases over a certain dollar amount help both parties feel heard. We encourage all client meetings to include both members of the relationship so that each person is aware of and agrees with the financial strategy and any changes. This practice is designed to build a strong, trusting client connection. All right. Number three, financial infidelity. Financial infidelity is concealing or being untruthful about money. It includes betrayals of trust, such as 
hiding accounts or credit cards from your partner. It, it's also surprisingly common. A 2022 poll from the National Endowment of Financial Education study found that 39% of respondents say that they've hidden cash, statements, bills, or purchases from a partner, and 21% say they've lied about finances, debt, or money earned. When asked why they commit financial infidelity, 38% say they uh, believe some aspects of money should be private, 34% fear uh disapproval from a spouse, and 33% say they're embarrassed or fearful of finances and don't want to share. A difficult, <laughs> As difficult as you might find it, being transparent about your financial moves and creating supportive environments where you and your partner feel comfortable sharing good and bad financial information or situations can help. Number four, different spending habits. If you and your partner have different spending habits, you know you, that can lead to fundamental disagreements. Although you may never be able to change each other's mindsets about spending, there could always be ways uh, to come to a happy medium. A financial professional can give you an outside opinion on your spending behaviors and hopefully guide you to reach mutually agreeable common ground. Number five, income differences. In some relationships, one partner may earn more than another, which can be uh, a problem, can cause a lot of tension. Money imbalances are not only about who makes more, they can also include differences in spending habits and financial goals. Honesty is the foundation of a healthy partnership. Being transparent can prevent partners from feeling either inadequate or resented. And financial professionals can play a role as you pursue financial harmony. Relationships are seldom effortless, right? You got to work at it. You need to put the time and work in every day. When it comes to the stresses that finances add to the mix, financial professionals can help you navigate conflicts. We assist couples. It, we, we assist at Northbound Wealth Management couples in managing their finances by doing the following. Uh, identifying financial goals and priorities, assisting couples in clarifying their individual and shared financial objectives, focusing on alignment and managing potential conflicts, developing a comprehensive financial strategy to create a personalized financial roadmap that addresses investment decisions and retirement considerations, educating couples on financial concepts and strategies that help them make informed decisions when managing their finances, providing guidance that offers insights based on the couple's financial circumstances and risk tolerances. While celebrating Valentine's Day this month, you guys, we must acknowledge that a lack of communication, differing values, and power imbalances can often turn natural psychological inclinations about money and occasional uh, financial challenges into real personal strains. Open communication and teamwork can be a key to a healthy relationship. So as financial professionals, we strengthen the financial side of our relationship by creating roadmaps that help ease that friction. And it's a journey, guys. And so it's time to start 2024, beginning of the year. It's a good time to have those conversations and get on the same page about your finances. On to the next segment. The SECURE Act 2.0 enacted late in 2022 has dozens of provisions intended to encourage more people to save through 
workplace and other plans, help boost retirement savings and urge small employers to offer retirement plans. Some of the provisions went into effect in 2023. Others start in 2024, 25, 26, and 27. It's important to remember that regulations can change without notice, and there's no guarantee that the treatment of certain rules will remain the same in 2024 and beyond. So below are the most significant secure 2.0 provisions that go into effect this year, which I thought we'd talk about. Changes to RMDs or required minimum distributions in Roth accounts. Roth accounts and employer retirement plans are exempt from the required minimum distribution requirements. Number two, IRA catch-up contributions. So IRA catch-up contributions previously limited to $1,000 for people age 50 and older will be indexed to inflation, meaning that they could increase yearly based on federally determined cost of living increases. Number three, student loan benefits. So employers can now match employee student loan payments with matching payments to a retirement account such as a 401k plan giving workers a potential added employee benefit and an added incentive to save for retirement while paying off educational loans. Number four, tax and penalty-free rollovers from 529 accounts to Roth IRAs are now allowed under certain conditions. Beneficiaries of 529 accounts who did not use all of the assets for education are permitted to roll over up to $35,000. That's the lifetime limit. This is subject to Roth IRA annual contribution limits, and the 529 account must have been open for more than 15 years. Number five, simple account changes. Employers are allowed to make additional contributions to employee simple accounts up to either 10% of compensation or $5,000, whichever is lower, indexed for inflation after 2024. Number six, Distributions from retirement plans for personal emergencies are allowed penalty-free for one distribution per year of up to $1,000 with the option to repay the distribution within three years. There's plenty more where this comes from, by the way, you guys. There's a lot of changes going on. The most we've seen in a long time. There are nuances and complexities to these rule and regulation changes and how each could impact your retirement preparedness, tax consideration, estate strategies, or college savings. We are here to help you navigate these changes. If you have any questions or would like to discuss how these changes may affect your retirement, please reach out to us and schedule a meeting with our firm. We'd be happy to help you. As we approach the 2023 filing tax deadline, we wanted to reach out and provide you with some information that may be helpful. Furthermore, the Current tax laws are constantly changing, especially with the sunsetting of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It's hard to say uh, that, but at the end of 2025, so that's coming up. With all the changes, it can be difficult to understand all the available tax opportunities and prepare in advance for likely changes. That's why it's essential for our team to work closely with your tax professional to help you manage your taxes, both in the near term and the long term. Some key information that may be helpful as you prepare for your 2023 tax deadline include the standard deduction increased slightly. After an inflation adjustment, the 2023 standard deduction increased to $13,850 for single filers and married couples filing separately. For married couples filing jointly, the standard deduction rises to $27,700. Itemized deduction rules largely unchanged. 
So state and local taxes, the deduction for state and local income taxes, property taxes, and real estate taxes is capped at $10,000. Mortgage interest rate deductions uh, limited to $750,000 of debt. But people who had a million dollars of home mortgage debt before December 16, 2017, will still be able to deduct the interest on that loan. Medical expenses, only medical expenses that exceed 7.5% of adjusted gross income or AGI can be deducted in 2023. Charitable donations in 2023, the annual income tax deduction limit for gifts of cash to public charities is 60% of adjusted gross income. Child tax credit. Filers can continue claiming a $2,000 child tax credit for each dependent under 17 years old. The credit is also subject to a phase out starting at $400,000 for joint filers and $200,000 for single filers. Alternative minimum tax exemptions increased. So until the AMT exemption enacted by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires at the end of 2025, AMT will continue to affect households with incomes over 500,000. For 2023, the AMT exemptions are $81,300 for single filers and $126,500 for married tax payers filing jointly. The phase-out thresholds are $1,156,300 for married taxpayers filing a joint return and $578,150 for all other taxpayers. Higher exclusion for annual tax-free gifts. So this has to do with the state planning. The estate and gift tax exemption, which is indexed to inflation, rose to $12,920,000 per individual for 2023. This amount is expected to be cut by potentially 50% when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets at the end of 2025, providing many with an opportunity to prepare ahead. The annual gift exclusion increased to $17,000 per recipient, up $1,000 from 2022. The gifting exclusion allows you to gift money each year without incurring any tax liability or using up any of your lifetime estate. This information is designed to provide you a high level overview and you should of course consult with your tax professional to assess your specific situation. We would welcome the opportunity if we're not already to work in partnership with your tax professional and together we can help you navigate the tax laws. Our goal is to make you aware of the applicable tax opportunities. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have any questions at www.northboundwealth.com forward slash contact us and then send us a note. You can also email us at info at northboundwealth.com or give us a call at 317-399-1107.